The five red lights are on. See you at the finish line, everyone. and welcome to another five red lights podcast with me aaron today we're going to be discussing sebastian vettel and his future in formula one last week it was announced that he would leave ferrari at the end of the 2020 season and it was also announced that carlos Sainz would join from mclaren to replace him so what does the future hold for the four-time world champion he's failed so far to win a world championship with ferrari that could still change this season if he goes on and wins the 2020 championship But where is he going to end up for 2021? We're going to have a look at his options today and see what we think is the most likely outcome. So today to record this episode, I've come to my local park, uh, just around the corner from where I live, in line with social distancing, of course, um, enjoying the sunshine. It's a lovely day, making the most of it. But someone who's possibly had his time in the sun is Sebastian Vettel. Now, where's he going to end up for next season? He's got a few options on the table. Uh, and the first one we're going to look at is Renault. Now, this has come about because the announcement of Vettel leaving Ferrari came last Tuesday. And then that was swiftly followed by McLaren announcing that they would sign Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, now, Ricciardo had been in the running for the Ferrari seat, but they opted to go for Carlos Sainz. And McLaren renewed their interest in Ricardo, having failed to sign him in 2019 when he opted to join Renault. So now this leaves the French squad without a lead driver. They have got Esteban Ocon, but he's somewhat controlled by Mercedes, even though he does have a two-year deal with Renault. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. So potentially Renault could have no drivers for 2021, depending on what Mercedes do with their, their two drivers. But we'll get to that a bit later. So, Renault. Maybe the most likely likely of his options that are still on the grid. They've just lost Ricardo, so signing a former world champion could be the jumpstart that the team needs. If Vettel wants a works drive that can make him the centre of attention, Renault could be the one. They're going through a restructuring phase in the technical department. Lots of people coming in and out. So, potentially, there's an option there for Sebastian to go in and mould them to his demands and his needs to get that team moving forward. We know that back in his Red Bull days, he had the team really angled around him to get the very best out of him, and they were good at controlling him. All the time you'd hear his race engineer, Rocky, coming over the radio to tell him to slow down and stay sensible, um, keeping him well under control. But at Ferrari, we've seen outbursts of emotion and almost petulance at times, and he's let his uh, judgment be clouded on certain things and Ferrari being an emotional team have kind of allowed that to happen whereas Red Bull wouldn't stand for it and that that, that really helped keep Sebastian on the straight and narrow um, 
So if Renault could set something up like that for him and allow that to be um, manifested in their team, it, it could allow Sebastian to recapture the magic. However, Renault, it was rumoured, weren't going to uh, be able to retain Ricardo's services on the salary that he was signed on for 2019, uh, something like 25 million euros a year. Uh, and the new cost cap regulations that are coming in were really going to sort of put pay to that a little bit. So how much would Renault want to spend on a driver? They've got another option in Fernando Alonso if they want a multiple world champion to put in their car. But both Alonso and Vettel are quite expensive. Vettel would be a, a better option for the fact that he's been in Formula 1 for the last two years. So he'd have had first-hand experience of the uh, current regulations which are going to be frozen for next year. Um, given the coronavirus outbreak uh, that's seeing this season pushed back so signing Alonso might be more tricky because there's less testing next year to cut costs and Alonso would need some time to acclimatise to the car um, however are Renault going to want to put a big name star in their car like they did with Ricardo? they thought that was the missing piece it wasn't, the car has gone backwards in performance um, over 2019 and the way Ricardo well, the, way, the way they felt Ricardo left uh, they may feel that they've had their hands burnt by having a big star on the books and there's nothing to, that's not to suggest that Ricardo's done anything wrong he's looked after his own interests which is perfectly fine and these are top athletes who've got to make the best moves for themselves and if Ricardo sees McLaren as the best bet for him then that's fine there's nothing uh, tying him to Renault after 2020 because his contract is done so that's down to him now Vettel could be a, a, uh, the, the Renault option could be appealing to Vettel because he's had previous good experience with them Renault powered his Red Bull wins um, in 2000 and, well, from 2009 to 2013 uh, he won four world championships with Renault as the engine supplier so he's got positive experiences there so could that be an opportunity for Renault to sort of make make a play for him. I'll have to wait and see. However, the works team's uh, comparison, if you compare their budgets, Renault um, don't get as much from their manufacturer um, overlords um, as the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari do. So maybe they're hanging their hopes on the 2022 rule change. By that point. Vettel might have gone a different way um, altogether. So we'll wait and see on this, uh, possibly, but I think somewhat unlikely because Renault have their own driver development program uh, with a couple of drivers in GP2 that they may want to promote there uh, with the, the hope of keeping hold of Ocon and him leading the team. Uh, so not really for me on Sebastian Vettel joining Renault. The second option I've got for Vettel joining another team is uh, the current Racing Point um, team. But next season they're going to become Aston Martin. It's a bit of an outside bet. If, it's a big if, uh, if Sebastian wants a real challenge, then he could end up with uh, the Silverstone squad. Um, they've been through many various team names and guises. 
all the way back to their Jordan days. So in 2021, they'll become Aston Martin. And this is significant for me because if Aston Martin want to make a real statement of intent straight off the bat, signing a multiple world champion would fit the bill perfectly. It's a similar story to joining Renault, really. Vettel could go in there, mold the team to what he wants, how he needs it to be, as long as they get the right personnel in there to control some of Vettel's um, passion and desire to keep going faster and be the best on the track. Now, they've got the 2019 Mercedes replica, the the, uh, pink Mercedes as everyone's calling it, Um, and should that prove successful and they can develop develop it well through this year uh, for 2021, then they could conceivably be in a really, really good place, possibly the best place, to challenge the big three of Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. But is there a seat available for Sebastian? I'm pretty sure if Aston go in there and they want Sebastian and he wants to drive, I'm sure they'll make space. But then you've got to look at Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll. The obvious choice would be Lance Stroll based on ability because Perez has done the job in the midfield season in, season out for the last five or six seasons with that that group of uh, people. But Lance Stroll's dad is involved with Aston Martin and the ownership of the team. So it's quite possible that they go for continuity and try and build on what looks like will be a successful 2020 season for them if the car, should the car work well, uh, albeit a truncated season. It might be a late move for Aston if they want Vettel and if he wants to commit to the project. But really, I think it's going to hinge on how much Vettel wants that drive. He's going to look at the team and their development this year and also how brave Aston Martin are willing to be when they enter. And signing Vettel would make a huge splash in the F1 scene. Um, It's not, not too certain what their finances is going to be like. Uh, are they going to have big bucks? Are they going to be a little bit more shrewd? Are they going to keep the purse strings tight? Obviously, the 2022 budget cap is coming in. So, obviously, the uh, driver salaries are exempt. But how brave are they willing to be? How much do they want Vettel? And is he willing to wait around for them to be in a position to take him to that fifth world championship that he so desperately craves? Option number three for Sebastian. And it's one that has everyone licking their lips. Um, Mercedes. From a fan's perspective, this is the one that we probably all desperately want to see. Regardless of how many times Hamilton wins the World Championship, putting him in the same car as Sebastian would put him and Sebastian both at square one. A real dogfight, a clash of the titans, one for the ages. From a Mercedes point of view, this would be an almost commercial dream with arguably the two best Uh, drivers of recent times and perhaps the best of all time um, going up against each other. So it would be a massive financial gain off the track and that would offset the big salary that Vettel would probably receive. Um, Vettel's good with sponsors, he's popular in Germany and obviously it's a German team so they'd want a German driver driving a German car. Obviously they have that with Nico Rosberg 
Um, are Mercedes willing to go back to that sort of situation? It was almost all-out war by the time Hamilton and Rosberg uh, went to fight for the 2016 championship in Abu Dhabi. And Lewis he very rarely dabbles in the, the, the dark arts of racing, but his, his strategy to try and back Rosberg into Vettel and Verstappen on that day, despite the team trying to give him a hurry up, was a tad questionable. But in racing terms, it, it was absolutely on the limit of what you could do within acceptability because he was trying to desperately win the World Championship. Would Vettel fancy going up against Hamilton? I think so. He would see it as a real opportunity to to make a statement, uh, to show how good he really is. He'd get a fair crack of the whip at uh, Mercedes because they, they don't treat the two drivers any differently. Um, whereas at Ferrari, I think it was made clear that he would be second fiddle to Charles Leclerc. If not this season, then it would be going forwards. So... It, it's a tricky one. The thing is, you've got to also re uh, remember that Valtteri Bottas hasn't done anything wrong and wouldn't really deserve to be usurped out of that seat. His, his only crime is really being beaten by Lewis Hamilton. And that, that's been done by a lot of people. Um, Bottas is alongside Hamilton. He's brought the best out of him really, because Hamilton was at a low ebb at the end of 2016. Uh, uh, not Vettel, uh, Rosberg retires. They bring in Bottas late on. And Hamilton's gone from strength to strength. He's ever-improving. He's always reinventing himself and looking at ways to improve. Now, has Vettel done that um, within himself recently? Arguably not because he's not been able to bend the Ferrari to his will, or he hasn't been able to work his driving style to the car that he's been given, which could explain why he's struggled uh, in the last couple of years. So when the car isn't perfectly balanced for him, like it was in the Red Bull days, he's not able to get that extra few percent that makes him extraordinary at times. It's still there. It's still accessible, he's just not being able to access it on as much of a frequent basis. Do I think Toto Wolf will go this way? I doubt it. I really doubt it. I don't think he'd want to upset the balance of the team. And if anything, they're going to, if they lose one of their drivers, they're going to put uh, potentially Ocon if they can get him out of Renault. If not, then it'll be George Russell. Um, but then that, that, that would bring with it, its own uh, problems, its own change in dynamic of the team. But I don't think anything is going to be quite as uh, entertaining from a fan's perspective or as uh, stressful for the team to manage as uh, Rosberg and Hamilton became uh, at the height of the tension between them. So our last uh, option for Sebastian is retirement. This has been mooted around before. And it kind of feels, out of all the scenarios, the most unthinkable. But at the same time, it wouldn't be much of a surprise. In his statement, when he uh, announced that he would be leaving Ferrari, 
Vettel reference taking time to consider the things that matter most. It's well known that he's a family man, very private, very much like Michael Schumacher, his hero. So if he doesn't get the Mercedes seat, if they stay with Bottas and Hamilton, which is quite likely, I think, um, that they should, and they probably will. Both drivers are their primary option for 2021. Or if George Russell or Ocon gets the, the nod ahead of Vettel, then this could very well be the end of Sebastian's F1 career. Would he take a year out, see how the driver market develops? It's a risky one because there's a lot of contracts up at the end of this season. So waiting a year could leave him sort of out of sync and taking whatever he, whatever he can and then forcing him into a retirement. Um, so if he retires this year on his own terms, I think that would sit a lot better with him. Um, if he doesn't want to take on the project with Renault or Aston Martin, then we could be seeing the last of Sebastian in an F1 car. That being said, I do think we'd see him around the paddock, perhaps just enjoying himself, visiting, catching up with uh, old colleagues, um, maybe even joining a, a management setup somewhere. Um, I would think he would join a management where he has some influence on young drivers coming through, so they have a strong development program for young drivers, which was successful for him, uh, pass on his own experience, and then the, possibly the view of becoming a team principal at some point, um, which I think is quite likely. He's quite intelligent, well thought out. He likes to have an opinion on things, which is important for a team principal. They've got to be able to put their opinion across and stand up for their team. Now, can anyone think of a team that would devour his services towards educating young drivers, potentially becoming a team boss in the future? Back where it all began, Red Bull. Perhaps it would be with the Toro Rosso squad, maybe it would be behind the scenes with the Young Driver program, but I think he will end up back there. He, he had his best years there with them. Um, he won for Toro Rosso, obviously, which is the, the B team for Red Bull. Then he joined the main team in 2019 and went on to win uh, four world championships in six seasons with them. It's kind of gone a little bit downhill since then with Ferrari, but he's, he's still shown the flashes of real quality that he's got. Um, it just hasn't worked out with the car not being strong enough and different reliability issues getting in the way and Vettel has ended up making mistakes. So I think he would end up back at Red Bull. That That's what I think. I think he's going to get to the end of this season and if he's been outperformed again by Leclerc, then I think he might call it a day especially if you can't get the Mercedes seat. I don't see him joining Renault. I don't see him joining joining uh, Aston Martin. I think there's too many obstacles in the way at Aston Martin in terms of drivers. Lance Stroll having his uh, seat potentially held for him by his dad. Um, we'll still wait and see on his, his performances this season. Perez has got a, a three-year contract. There is a seat at Renault. Doubt he'll take it. Doubt they'll want to go for him. Um, retirement could be the most likely option, I think. Okay, so just to finish off the episode, we're going to run through some F1 news over the last few days. Um, so number one is the British Grand Prix could be in a little bit of jeopardy. 
the government in the UK has spoken about uh, implementing a 14-day mandatory quarantine for anyone coming from Europe. Now, it's thought that this is going to be implemented from the start of June, which would leave Silverstone holding any kind of British Grand Prix hanging by a thread, if not completely ruined, unless the uh, staff from Formula One can get exemptions. So it looks like Austria is going to be the opening race of the season, and that's pretty well set. So if they can get the exemptions for the staff and the drivers coming over from Austria to then go and race at Silverstone, then everything will be fine and dandy. But obviously I think they're going to have to have a backup plan in mind. From looking around on the internet, uh, different articles, uh, one I found on uh, therace.com, it looks like Germany and Hockenheim could be the, the backup option if Silverstone isn't able to hold a race or two races. So it could be Austria and then followed by Britain or Germany. Now it would probably be a little bit easier actually to go to Germany first because Austria is right next door rather than flying to Britain. But obviously they want to keep as many races on the calendar as possible and that, that's great. I obviously couldn't imagine a, uh, a season without a British Grand Prix. So hopefully something can be agreed there and, and we can get a British Grand Prix uh, in some form. We may even have two races at Silverstone. We'll see uh, what they can come up with in terms of different layouts or anything. It's unlikely to be one the normal way and then one in reverse because of the um, the crash situation um, on the outside of some of the corners. So if you come in too, too fast and there's not enough runoff, um, it becomes unsafe, which is completely understandable and, and fair enough. So hopefully the British Grand Prix can be held and we can all enjoy it. Hopefully we can enjoy some racing very soon. Now the second part of the news update this week is the budget cap refinement. It's been brought down from uh, 170 million US dollars a year to 145 million US dollars a year. And this is going to help out balance the playing field. So even the one that they announced at the back end of last year was still slightly weighted towards the, the teams that could afford a bit more. And obviously they said it was going to come down. But now that the coronavirus outbreak has kind of forced their hand a little bit to, to bring it in. And the, the teams have all, whether they like it or not, had to sort of bend to Formula One's will and, and take this budget cap. And it makes sense. We want teams to be competing. We want a little bit of variety. Um, however you feel personally um, about Mercedes winning majority of the races, it, it, it's good for Formula One to have that variety. And people still look back fondly on the 1997 season, even though it was um, a lot of Michael Schumacher and Jacques Villeneuve winning. There was podiums for a lot of the midfield teams I mean, Arrows nearly won a race. Jordan nearly won a race. Um, Benetton did win a race. And uh, McLaren at the time were uh, not quite the force that they became a year later. Uh, and they won a couple of races. They won three races that year. So it's still remembered fondly, even though it was mostly Williams and Ferrari winning. So even, even if in 2022 the regulations change and the top three are still the top three, there's still that opportunity for the midfield teams uh, to become 
podiums, uh, podium winners, and even race winners. Um, so it won't be just the lottery of a crazy race around Baku or the rain falling heavily in one part of the track, catching out the race leader and throwing everything up in the air. It'll be a more regular occurrence that teams are more competitive and that, that's only good for the show and that, that would become more attractive for sponsors, it would become more attractive for new fans. Um, and the works teams, if they, if they feel that they're being hamstrung, then they've got to find a new way. And I think Ferrari notoriously will kick up a fuss about it, but looking at Mercedes and Red Bull, they would knuckle down and they would show that they have the ability to adapt to these new reg regulations, especially in Mercedes camp. The, the regulations changed, obviously, and they, they got a head start on everyone. They, they focused on the 2014 hi uh, turbo hybrid engines sooner than anybody else. They stole a march on everyone. That, that, that's just the name of the game. So from their perspective, the, the rule changes for the front wings and the, the change of the uh, aerodynamic regulations in 2017, and they've just kept winning. So you can't blame them for being the best. They're just doing the best job. And in a sporting context, it, 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 that's all it is. Obviously, at the moment, they're able to spend a lot more on research and developing the car, but the rules are there, and they're, they're using them. They're, they're playing the rules, and they're playing them fairly. So you can't really criticise them. Okay, there's, there's a, something to be said for too much winning, but, you know, it is what it is. The other teams need to do a better job. Now, Ferrari have also make, been making noises about staff cuts if the budget cap is too low they'd have to maybe let go of some people which could be a little bit unfair so they've made noises about the indycar series or the WEC series uh, for those if you don't know it's the world endurance championship so that, that encompasses le mans 24 hours so if they have to cut staff would they make an indycar project or set up a endurance project um maybe it's just all talk from ferrari because we we hear a lot of this when when things aren't quite going their way we hear them making threats to leave or f1 can't cope without ferrari and ferrari is a big part of formula one's history but i don't think any team is bigger than the sport itself if um say mercedes left then someone else would buy that team and they would have a relative degree of success. But with Ferrari, it would just be a space on the grid and then you'd need to fill it. That, that, that would be the tricky thing. I don't think anyone would, want, would, would buy Ferrari and they wouldn't allow it to be bought. They didn't mention anything about Formula E, which could be important to them. Um, that could be a way to go. I'd quite like the idea of making uh, second teams, but then you have the issue of it becomes an extra team and they're allowed access to the data. Um, but then if they go that route, maybe there's a rule impl implicating how much data they're allowed to source, um, if any, but they already have their, their ties with uh, Alfa Romeo. 
it, it, it's a bit of a, a rabbit hole, but I'm sure there'll be some some solution to it. And the last point from the news update is Carlos Sainz and Daniel Ricciardo. They're both on the move. We mentioned them at the start. Uh, Sainz is, draw, is joining Ferrari and Ricciardo is taking his place at McLaren. Both good moves. I think Ricciardo is going to be excellent for McLaren. He and Norris will get on really, really well. I think they're going to be uh, the media darlings. Everyone's going to want to do double interviews with them because they, they have a really good relationship. They're quite uh, chirpy and, and smiley and they, they like to have a laugh. So it's, it's going to make some, some good viewing from a television point of view. Um, on the racetrack, they're going to be excellent because Ricardo is a proven race winner and he can develop that car. McLaren have been on an upward trend for the last 18 months. They set uh, a lot of th new things up when Zach Brown took over. He's put Andreas Seidel in charge, who's a real racer. He was a BMW engine uh, engineer back in the mid-2000s when they were with Williams. And he, he gets it. He gets racing, and he's very firm with what he wants and how he wants the team to be run. And it's, it's a very different organisation now to the one that Ron Dennis ran. I mean, would... Ron Dennis have ever thought of signing Daniel Ricciardo highly doubt it as for Carlos Sainz it's a real opportunity for him to show that Red Bull should have kept him on uh, and should have offered him uh, more to, to stay with Toro Rosso in terms of keeping uh, getting that uh, second Red Bull seat because once Ricciardo left it all, all sort of unravelled for them they didn't have um, people coming through from the junior formula so they had to go back to Alex Albon who they'd let go before to partner Daniel Kvyat who'd also left the programme and then they brought back um, Gasly then wasn't up to it and they opted for Albon because Kvyat had a bit of a nightmare when he was with Red Bull they've settled on Albon because he's done a brilliant job done an excellent, excellent job in the last nine races of 2019 let's see how he does this season I think he'll do a good job alongside Verstappen. Um, and Sainz for Ferrari, it's a great move for him. And it's a good move for Ferrari. They, they want Leclerc to be almost the poster boy for them and to be the one who takes the team forward. Sainz will push him and push him and push him and push him. Whether he's got enough to beat him, uh, it remains to be seen. Sainz hasn't driven a top-line top car yet. So... Jury's out on signs in terms of what he can deliver at that level, simply because we haven't seen it yet. But it's a great chance for him, and I think they'll work really, really well together. They're both young. It's the youngest uh, pairing that Ferrari have ever had, so there's longevity in it. So it could be three, four, five years down the line, and then these two are contesting a private in-house Ferrari World Championship much the same as uh, Rosberg and Hamilton did uh, back in 2014, 15 and 16. So there's plenty of positives for Ferrari. However, if it all goes a bit pear-shaped for Sainz or for Leclerc, then what do they do? Who are they going to turn to next? But that's a story for two or three years down the line, I'd guess. Uh, and that is your F1 News update. Well, we've reached the finish line, everybody. Thanks for listening. 
check us out on our website, fiveredlightspodcast.wixsite.com slash 5RLpodcast. Check out our social media pages as well. On Twitter, we are five underscore red underscore lights. And on Instagram, it's five red lights. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.